0: Welcome back, everyone, to All About America's Team. This is episode thirty, and we have a lot to get into today. I'm Ray Nickens, and
1: this I'm is with the Chico, always.
0: and we are here. We're going to be talking about just some off-season moves, Give you get you all caught up with all the Dallas Cowboys blunders or success, whichever you want to call it, and also just talk a little bit about what the NFL has going on. And also, we're going to give us get break down each positional grade for the Dallas Cowboys last season and give our thoughts on how the offense defense and maybe even special teams will look in the following season so let's get right into it Owen I'll let you take it from here
1: yeah so there were a lot of moves over the past few weeks I think one of the more shocking things that happened well two of the more shocking things that happened was players saying they were going to sign with the team and then last minute backing out and we saw that with randy gregory we also saw that with zadarius smith who recently just signed with the vikings and there's a lot of speculation that he was going to go to the cowboys but okay. i uh one, one thing you can do for players whenever they're whenever they're in free agent you should go to their twitter and see their recently liked comments <clears throat> and zadarius smith liked the comment talking about minnesota being back and from that moment on i was like okay like he's not coming to dallas um, there were a lot, and I mean a lot of quarterback moves this, this offseason, probably the most in recent history. And for the and for the first time in a while, the NFC is wide open outside of Tom Brady coming back. Just any team outside of the Bucks is wide open with the Packers losing, Devontae Adams, which is a very big trade. Was not expecting that. And you even saw it guys like Russell Wilson who have kind of been getting the short end of the stick via with love via fans saying that he's been overrated and he's not all that great anymore and now he has the chance to go to a team who's very good and their only probably hole on their team is tight end because they had to get rid of the, they had a trade Noah Font to the to the to Seattle and you also saw teams I saw the Browns who traded for probably the most controversial, controversial player in the league. And I have some thoughts on that and I'm sure Ray does as well. And Baker, who knows where he's going to go. He, I I say he's going to go to Seattle uh, cause or the giants, one of those two teams and every single, every day, we we, we got to find out if Aaron Rodgers wants to play football anymore. But I think today he wants to play, so we'll have to find out what he says tomorrow. But Ray, I think I, I think I hit all of the uh, the big ones. I might have been oh also Von Miller going to the, going to the Bills and shocking everyone mm-hmm. after he said that he wanted to go to Dallas, but Stephen Jones didn't want to open up the page, did not want to open up the checkbook for him. But Ray, do you have any? I, I know there, I know you love the Russell Wilson trade, so. I'll let you go into that, go into detail on that one. Yeah,
0: just a quick point of order. Um, Anytime a team says that they want to go to the Dallas Cowboys, I just ignore it because (laughs) I don't, whenever that happens, I just know they're not coming to Dallas. Yeah. So that's just just me. I would have loved if Von Miller had come to Dallas because it would have really helped our defense and given Micah Parsons his own set role and then also have a leadership role at the linebacker position. But I did not see that happening, especially since Dallas has never been one to grab that key star talent out of free agency since back in the 90s when they traded for Charles Haley and Dion. And back then, Jerry Jones was much younger and don't want to say much wiser, but I'll leave that up in the air as to <laughs> as to the um, the listeners. But yeah, yeah. Um, I really I really did like the Russell Wilson trade. I feel like this is a great opportunity for him, and it's one of the first times that we've really seen a quarterback still somewhat in their prime leave that franchise that they've been for the first half of their career to go play somewhere else. Um, I mean, Tom Brady, he left the, the um, Patriots after 19 to 20 years of being with the franchise, and he was – Older and ended up even retiring and then ultimately returning, which was happy for some people, frustrated for others. Um, some people were a little angry because they thought that Tom Brady was not going to be bothering them anymore. But now he is once again back. So we'll have to deal with him for the time being. Um, but, but yeah, I think Russell Wilson's in a great situation in Denver. He's got... He's got weapons that were on par with what he had in Seattle. He's got young weapons, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Um, the um, They're running. Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick is there. Um, Javante Williams. I don't know if Melvin. He's or- a free agent. Yeah, I don't know, know if Gordon's going to be there next year. Maybe, probably not. But then the defense still have Sertan. It's a very young defense. So I think he's going to be in a great spot. As for the Green Bay Packers, I was really, really shocked to see that Devontae Adams ended up um getting traded to the Raiders. And I'm sure that I'm sure that Aaron Rodgers is kicking himself right now, even though he got a, a boatload of money. He's he is once again in a position where his the cupboard is bare at wide receiver. So it's it, it's gonna be interesting to see what the Packers do at the wide receiver position. Um Odell Beckham Jr. is still out there however he is hurt so I don't know if that's the first investment you want to make but there's still there is still some talent out there to be had if you want it and also with them with them getting some picks back for Devontae Adams um, you find some a wide receiver in the draft and hope for the best but um, The Packers, they're still going to be a playoff team just because their quarterback, whether you like him or not, is still one of the top quarterbacks in the league and has shown the ability to at least get a mediocre to pathetic team into the playoffs. Now, winning playoff games, that's a completely different story. But getting to the playoffs, he is definitely very good at. And the, the trade that actually gave me a little bit of warmth in my heart was the matt ryan to the colts trade Mm -hmm. i mean that matt ryan since that super bowl he's just been dealing with so much so much crap from fans from haters from everybody about the falcons blowing the 28 to 3 lead to tom brady and the falcons just since then a completely fallen apart calvin ridley got suspended for gambling that was go figure um Uh, Cordell Patterson's basically their offense. When he started out as a punt returner, they have been running the football through um, catching passes. Now he's, he sends out a tweet that he might have to start warming up to play quarterback. So that's just kind of the dysfunction in Atlanta right now, but I'm really happy for Matt Ryan to see what he's got left in the tank in Indianapolis. We just recently saw Philip Rivers lead the chargers, go to Indianapolis and have success. And Matt Ryan, I feel like, has a little bit more arm strength than Philip Rivers have in that part of his career. So it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see what the Colts do going from Carson once to Matt Ryan. They kept their great offensive line. Jonathan Taylor is healthy. Um, T.Y. Hilton's still there while that being old, while him being old, and then they just have a lot of other young. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. being there, just a, a lot of young talent to go off of. And I'm really excited to see what the Colts do, especially with their, their defense being, ah, he's back. Yeah. But yeah. He takes... but yeah, um, seeing where their defense is next year. So I think the Colts are a very, uh, sneaky wild card pick for a late playoff run, depending on how the, how Matt Ryan looks with him getting older. Um,
1: yeah, I'm surprised you only going to give him a third round pick for him. Is yeah. All... I mean, it could it, you could look at it as being way too much, or you could look at it being not a lot at all. And my the what I was most looking, what I was most searching for when I saw that trade with who was going to take on his cap hit, because this is the same thing that's going on with Baker. Is I think Baker is that there is that Browns don't want to have his contract obviously, and there are a lot of reports that it's going to take Cleveland giving up a pick for that someone might want to take up his contract. I'm surprised that Atlanta was so willing to take on his $45 million cap hit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see why he went for such a, uh, for a third, because you know, he is up there in age 37, 38 years old. He's not in his prime. So really there was a lot of risk as well for the Colts to be taking on Matt Ryan. Cause you don't know if his arm's going to transition into next year um while you were gone i mentioned philip rivers how when he went to indianapolis it looked like with his last season with the chargers that he was just completely washed like some of his throws he didn't have the arm strength anymore then he went to the colts and it just looked like it looked like the same philip rivers from the from the year before but also it just looked like he was rejuvenated as well with the better pass protection the better run game and they were able to make a little bit of um a little bit noise a little bit of noise in the postseason but- yeah it
1: seems like if you're if you're an old quarterback the team to go is to the is to the Colts they'll, they'll take you right in. Yeah, They've been searching right. for their quarterback since uh since Luck decided to to retire and everyone thought that Wentz was going to sit into that role but then he's now a commander so it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen regarding their quarterback room cuz I know that Darius Leonard is not all that happy and when your franchise piece on defense isn't really happy with, with, with what the front with with what the front office has been doing. If things keep on going that way, he could definitely walk in and ask for a trade. So it'll be yeah. interesting. To see
0: yeah, I do. mean, I'm pretty sure he'll be he'll his mood will lighten up when the Colts start when the Colts start winning football games. Because Matt Ryan, even though he is eight to ten years older than Carson Wentz at this point, I'd rather have him under center than Carson Wentz any any day of the week. But let's so I think we should just kind of move on, transition yeah. from the easy non con um, com, uh,
1: controversial,
0: non yeah, non controversial pieces and just talk about, you know, Deshaun Watson because that's the big news. Yeah. Of the, that's the big news of the last few mm-hmm. uh 10 or so days. So yeah. I'll let I'll just kind of Give a little bit of a backstory for anyone who's been sleeping the last you know, year, <laughs> year and a half or so. So Deshaun Watson, he's been under a lot of scrutiny for um, accusations, thought, accusations uh, in regards to him and a and a massage parlor and doing some not very good things. But he was just recently um, clear. Um, found not guilty for any criminal charges regarding that, but he is still facing some civil charges as well. So with him being cleared from criminal charges, the Browns went ahead and traded multiple firsts, multiple seconds to the Texans to acquire Deshaun Watson. And there's been a lot of backlash from fans all over the NFL. There's been some um, happiness from some fans that Deshaun Watson kind of got out of that The first half of that, um, those reports unscathed. And then also there's Baker Mayfield, who is very upset and wants to out. But unfortunately, nobody seems to want him because the, the Falcons went ahead and traded for Marcus Mariota to be their starting quarterback. And the Colts traded for Matt Ryan to be their starting quarterback. So really, there's only a very few landing spots for Baker Mayfield to go unless the Dallas Cowboys just want to take in Baker Mayfield or even the Eagles. So we'll see on that front. But anyway, this is mainly more about Deshaun Watson. And so I guess a few questions that I will bring to the table to start is, do you think that he will start the season week one? Do you think he'll be suspended? What's kind of the initial um, actions do you think that the NFL will take in these Um, months coming up to the draft and then also the season
1: so i think that the nfl they they were very in years past they were always very hard on drugs and drug tests and then when you looked at um things regarding regarding domestic violence and abuse it was kind of like it didn't really matter as much um because when when ray rice i feel like he was when, when videos started coming out, people were just like, yeah, we're not going to deal with this guy anymore. And even like Kareem Hunt, who did some bad things and Joe Mixon did some bad things. And then even Zeke, who was and he was only he was only suspended because of civil cases. And that is what a lot of people are worrying about, because there are still 20. well, not worrying but people are still talking about because there is there are still 22 civil lawsuits out there. And I was I'm surprised that Watson was not on the commissioners list. I don't think he was at least, but he just didn't want to play for Houston anymore. And I saw a tweet earlier today that the um the sexual assault in uh in Cleveland, the, the funds for help has gone up rapidly due to Watson being um being traded and you can look at that as good or you can look at it as people that are worried but i guess that's up for personal interpretation but i thought that the worst two things texans got a haul they got a lot and i was surprised they got so much given watson tomorrow could the civil lawsuits could find them all guilty and he can't ever play football ever again and but what i what i thought was the most disgusting part about this whole situation was that if a player is suspended? Okay, so let's, let's let's say that Ray or I get suspended for jaywalking.
0: Mm, that would be we, quite a suspension.
1: It would. <laughs> Ray and I would lose our. We would get. We would all of our money would get taken out of our base. So if if him if him or I got a signing bonus, none of that would be touched. And if 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 my memory serves me right, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of teams like like the uh, the Browns were out and Watson said no. And then when Watson started getting his contract offers from these teams, I think he became very hesitant. And then he, when Cleveland gave him a lot of guaranteed money and a big signing bonus, he was like, yeah, 100%. So Watson got a $45 million signing bonus for this this year. And his base is a million dollars. So that means if you you could probably figure this out if he gets suspended tomorrow or a minute from now his 45 million dollars is safe and his 1 million dollars in base salary will go down and i think that whatever agent he has needs to he needs to get a, a promotion because that is highway robbery and in my opinion one of the most disgusting things that happen in the NFL because if you're suspended you there shouldn't be a loophole that you can find to save your money and i i think that this this being a, that that happening is something that will definitely make me look at the league differently and shows that that sports in general that putting your hands on someone especially a woman or asking them to do things they don't consent to they don't really it doesn't matter as much as injecting yourself with something or taking any other illegal drugs and i think that that definitely ruins the game or ruins people and people i'm sure there are people who if something happens that they're they're, that there's a good chance they could never want to watch football again or they could decide to go on type of strike because if if it's obviously football and other sports are for fun and 100% they're their, their main is for Fawnen to create revenue. But if a top five quarterback, I think Ray and I can both agree that he's top five when playing. If that person has that amount of baggage, there's... And even if he didn't do it, he still put himself in that situation. And I feel like it'd be very difficult to for 22 people to lie. So... Maybe who knows maybe maybe he didn't do it, and maybe this was all t- some type of something made up, but he he definitely did something not great for this to happen because you don't see other players getting this type of this type of story, but there's my little rant uh i'm sure I'm sure ray can can make things a little more a little more fun <laughs>
0: yeah, um so. I'm not gonna get to necessarily into whether or not I think he did or did not do that, because I think this you should try and stay very, you know, neutral in this regard. I will say though, um, the I do agree that the NFL's priorities on suspensions have been really out of whack the last ten, twelve, fifteen years. Because you see, you know, the things, the the video that came out with Ray Rice, that was the first like real um video of um assault happening and that happened in the, in the elevator. And he, he is, he was suspended and no team touched him after that. He was completely done from the NFL. And then you have a few years ago, you have Kareem Hunt, same issue with the video surveillance. He lied about it going in saying nothing happened. Those reports are false. And he goes and he gets suspended. And ultimately he is um, with the Cleveland Browns playing football. And you have, you also have this stuff with Greg Hardy coming to the Cowboys, being on that six, seven-game suspension, playing football for um, assault. So really, it it looked just the NFL, they kind of... Sometimes the NFL doesn't give out the right... They give out falsely... They give out punishments to falsely accused people, and then sometimes they don't give out harsh enough punishments to people who deserve to be suspended. And I think the whole... um Issue with the um, PEDs or marijuana being, um, or even gambling um, being like these high high suspensions when you have sexual misconduct, assault, battery, etc. is a lot of times lower than those other suspensions. It's just it's sad. So that's point number one. Point number two in regards to his contract that was also something that was very intriguing to me i took it a little bit differently than you did i took it as something where the team is basically saying we are we have your back so if you get suspended you're not going to lose all this money and i and obviously kudos to the agent for getting that done as well but it is it's showing and I take this as a, if I were Baker Mayfield, regardless of whether or not Ray Nickens deals about Baker Mayfield. If I was Baker Mayfield, I'd take this as a huge slap in the face, considering that my criminal record is nowhere near Deshaun Watson's at this point. And I've had <laughs> and I've had flashes of greatness for your organization, and now you are wanting to cut bait with me and give this this guy very um very small margins of loss in his contract if he were to get suspended. So. Um, that's how I took it, but that's just, that's the NFL world that we live in. And with all that being said, Deshaun Watson, if he were to go out there and play, he would vault the Cleveland Browns into a stratosphere that Baker Mayfield could never vault them into. So it would be very interesting to see what kind of team the Cleveland Browns are with Deshaun Watson in compared when comparing them to a Cleveland Browns team with Baker Mayfield.
1: And the best part about that trade from a from a Cleveland perspective, they didn't have to give a pl- player. I was I was thinking, or uh, another guy that I know who's a very big Browns fan. We and I were both thinking that one of their two running backs, preferably Kareem Hunt, was going to have to get traded, or just any player in general. And I think that it was, if, if I I think, maybe Ray, correct me if I'm wrong. Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Russell Wilson and they had to give up a lot to get Russell player wise and granted they only gave up two first round picks and Houston had to give up three or so Houston received three but i it's 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 weird i was i was just surprised with the difference of the, of the two trade packages
0: yeah i mean i think Houston is regardless happy with how they their trade turned out considering that um, they have so many they have so much draft capital now to just kind of rebuild that team. And yeah, I mean, I think they're okay with seeing what Davis Mills has next year, especially since he showed some flashes the the last year. And I think like getting him weapons and seeing what he can do is prob is definitely their best, um, their um, best bet right now. I was kind of surprised that Kareem Hunt wasn't traded. I don't think that would be a bad thing for the Browns to see Kareem Hunt traded, especially since it would give, it would basically give Nick Chubb all of it would make him the main back. And that would help a lot of fantasy players, including me who had to deal with Kareem Hunt stealing touches from Nick Chubb. But with that being said, um, that's kind of where the NFL is at this point. So I think this would be a great time to transition into the Dallas Cowboys, which is what this show is all about. So
1: a hundred percent. And, and I think that, that, while talking about the Cleveland Browns, we can talk about Amari Cooper How wh- and love him or hate him. Think he's great. Think he's horrible. He was still someone who in 2018 Dallas gave up a first round pick for. And whether you thought that was overpay or thought it was a steal, in my opinion, looking back at it, it was still worth it because you had teams like Philadelphia who two years before 2018, they were given Dallas fits in both their games in Dak and Zeke's rookie year. And even in 28 when they won the whole thing. And Philadelphia was wanted to give up a second round pick. And I feel like Dallas had to up it one because that offense in 2018 with Michael Gallup. And they basically had a, a, a wide receiver by committee. And it was very difficult to watch. And I liked the Michael Gallup draft pick, but I feel like they definitely needed someone given Des Bryant being cut loose. But I, I feel like the trade was, was fine. I think that Amari Cooper, his career will go down tremendously just based off of the fact that he hates playing in cold weather and Cleveland just, mm-hmm. he does get cold and, I'm sure Ray, if we had four hours, Ray could break down the New England game, the Jets game from a few years ago. Basically every game that's not in a dome, Ray can have have a lot to say about that. And I like Amari Cooper, but I feel like at some point in time, you have too many uh, weapons and you could think that that that's great or you could look at it at the way that I started to look at it and was, like if you have so many great players, at some point in time you're gonna have too many and it's gonna hurt your team, because Omari Cooper he, a few a few episodes ago I went into games where he was great, and in one of one of one of his best games was with was against Minnesota where you had Cooper rush just feeding him the ball and Dak doesn't do that. Dak likes to spread the wealth, and likes to hit his tight ends most of the time, just like romo did with witten and i think that if you if you trade trading uh cooper will allow cd and we're gonna know i'm sure in the the first five or six games of the season we're gonna see if cd lamb is everything that was hyped up to be and i know ray and i were very very sad seeing him in his final year at ou just tearing up baylor and sadly, we couldn't even see him play against Baylor because he was he was injured in during the regular season when Jalen Hurts had probably one of the best career or college moments of his life.
0: We we don't we don't talk about that game exactly, especially, especially since we redeemed ourselves two years later.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I heard I heard something where they said that they didn't think that um, Amari fit in their offense, and you could think that that's. That's a dumb comment, but Michael Gallup's a good wide receiver and he's their best jump ball wide receiver. And I think that Amari, Amari's good. I think that in a land where CD gets way more touches, he can do exactly what Amari does, if not better. Um, Amari definitely is one of the better route runners in the league. And I think that CD is going to have to work on that. Not that he's a bad route runner, but to to fill in his shoes. He didn't have to be that. And with Gallup tearing his ACL so late in the season that he did last year, he may not play for the first four, five, maybe even six games, which is why when we get into our free agency signings later, the, the guy from, from Pittsburgh who they signed, who Des Bryant said that he was going to be a cowboy, I was talking to, to a few Steelers fans, and they were saying that he was really good. He just never got any touches. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And his James Washington, I forgot his name, sorry, I had to remember it. But he he can be a good wide receiver too and eventually a wide receiver three once Gallup comes back. And it was I was surprised that he I've I've never I've never seen the kid play before, but talking to a few Steelers fans who have watched him play, they said that he that he didn't really get as many touches as he should have. And in a bigger role, which he will have a very large role in Dallas in the first quarter of the season, that hopefully he can become one of Dak's more trusted targets, and hopefully, given or going back to the COVID year, we all heard about Dak's uh, football field in his backyard. So hopefully, Dak and James and company can have a can throw the ball around, but that that trade and the Randy Gregory debacle Uh, i i i had tennis that tuesday and i was playing tennis going into tennis i was like oh my goodness like we just resigned him to a a steal of a deal and he's going to be great for the next five years he only has like what maybe two three seasons underneath his belt and then after tennis i walk and I, i i was walking out and i saw that he was denver bronco and a lot of people were saying give me like a minute i know you have, i know i know that the, the, these two were very you have a lot to talk about but one one thing that i didn't really like people were saying that people were saying that that randy owed it to dallas to stay i i don't really think that that's true and in my opinion the only reason why randy would even was still a dallas cowboy during all of the things that was happening was because of his talent and if he didn't have talent, then <clears throat> he would have been cut years ago. And Jerry trusted him and saw something in him, and they ended up giving they ended up giving him a chance in the second round. And there were a few years where it was just like again with this guy, but for whatever reason there, I whether you think that it was a clause in his contract that, that his agent didn't know about or that or you think that his agent's from Denver and he wanted his client closer to Denver so he lied about some stuff. It's whatever you think it is, I'm just I'm happy for the guy and hopefully he can have a good a good year. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um and I for one am very am very thankful that we had to play the Chargers and the Chiefs And all and the Broncos, all these great teams last year, because if Dallas had to play them this upcoming year, I don't think they would don't think it would be all that great. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happened that we're going to get into that. But those are two of the biggest, in my opinion, two biggest departures. But there was a lot of great things that happened. And I think that my 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 move that I think was the great best was bringing in. Was re-signing Jaron Curse, who had a, was probably the best safety that Dallas has had in a very long time, and we can get into that later. But Ray, I'm curious as to what you think about the Amari Cooper trade because you and me and you have gone back and forth on him and whether we think he's a good fit um, for Dak and everything like that, and with the Randy with the Randy Gregory uh, signing and then last minute going to Denver, so floor is yours
0: yeah um so first thing i'd like to get off my chest is i'm glad that mr mr owen has finally seen some sort of light that i've been trying to shine down on him in regards to mark amari cooper and the fact that sometimes too many weapons is not the best thing because i think that was that's one of the things i was trying to emphasize when these news when this news first broke of him maybe being released or traded I said, and he was bringing up the fact that Amari is not getting enough targets to be successful in these games. And one of those reasons is either he's not open or there's just so many other people that have Dax trust that Dax can get the ball to. And so I think, I really think that it's it's going to, it's going to be a lot better or it's going to, it might be a little, it might be worse before it gets better, but I think it's overall going to turn out okay for the Cowboys on offense because they 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 traded away a player who has a lot of talent and has shown flashes of greatness as a Cowboy with the those huge games against Washington and Philly in the 2018 season and then also him showing up in a, in the game against Tampa this year and also against the Minnesota Vikings but there're way too many games Uh, with the Mars the Cowboy where he has not shown up and he has laid duds or has been inconsistent on the field, not active. You barely even know that he's playing. And then you have the game where Jason Garrett, the biggest puppet of all time, benches, benches you and on a final drive, which is just hilarious. It's it's very hilarious. And that's one of my favorite um, and favorite forms of failure as a Cowboys fan, is is one of the is is that event right there? But I do I think that it's going to work out. Mari um, Cooper, he's going to have a great quarterback in Deshaun Watson. We'll see if if he does the same sort of thing with the inconsistency, or if he improves and is becomes more consistent because of Deshaun Watson. But ultimately, we really as Cowboys fans don't really need to worry about Amari Cooper unless we end up playing him. So. Um, I'm just gonna kind of wrap, tie up the Amari Cooper book with a good luck to you in Cleveland. Uh, hope for the best. Hope you continue your career in a positive direction and not a negative um, direction. As for James Washington, um, this is he. This is a guy who's who wanted to be traded at the beginning of last year because he felt like he wasn't involved in the offense, and he he's shown flashes as well, and I think he will be a really He'll be a really good acquisition for Dallas, not being a wide receiver one, not getting paid the big bucks to be a wide receiver one. So he's gonna just he can kind of step in and fill in and make those catches um routinely. He doesn't have to get eight or nine or ten. He can get the two threes or fours. Um one, two, three, or four that Amari was getting when he was in Dallas. And the fans are not gonna be crying me specifically crying about Amari not doing doing Jack, as I like to call it, in the PG version. Um, but yeah, and the, as for the Randy Gregory situation, I have not heard a report of the agent lying to get into Denver. I do think that's very comical, if that actually comes out to be true. I don't know if that's a report or not, if that was just a joke. But <laughs> I think... I think ultimately Randy Gregory is is at the place that he needs to be um for hit for him. Um I think the the written law in the contract was one of the main reasons why he ended up backing out and signing somewhere else. Cause I, I guess as a person or in his like mental state, he he didn't he didn't want to um hurt himself financially if he were to um, make a mistake with, um with like the drug policy for the NFL and he wanted to still be compensated. So I think that's a good move for him. Good business move for him. Doesn't really help the Cowboys very much because they lost a, a, a very young, a very young player who's, who's still very, um very healthy considering he hasn't played very much. And, um, gave a lot of contribution last year when he was on the field, so I think, um, I think the Cowboys are going to be hurt in that situation. the The fun the the um, thing that was really funny though was when they they signed Dorns Armstrong to a pretty uh, long term extension, and I and I was like, who like who the heck is this guy? And I googled and I googled him, and I'm like, oh, he had five sacks last year. How how exciting! And I know Owens talked a lot how sacks don't mean everything, but it was just kind of funny that this guy had one left, fewer sack than Randy Gregory, and I had no idea who he was. So that's just kind of the cowboy. I'm sure I'll hear a lot about him now as he is now filling in for Randy Gregory on the opposite side of uh, DeMarcus Lawrence for the time being. But I do think that Micah Parsons is very um, – he 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 can fill in and – and get the get those QB pressures, um, with Randy Gregory being out. He with him leading the Cowboys in sacks last year. He's just a so versatile player that he's gonna be able to fill in where Randy where Gregory would have filled in. Um, just going back to where it would have been nice if Von Miller had been gotten to Dallas because it would have given Micah like Parsons that opportunity to kind of move around the, the field and not necessarily play as a full conventional linebacker so um I don't think I'm missing anything the curse the curse signing was good um they also re-signed Malik Hooker I believe so they brought back both safeties um I do think the Cowboys do need to still address their secondary maybe get a cornerback in the draft just to kind of boost that as well um because they are what um Trayvon Diggs needs somebody on the opposite side that's not Anthony Brown two so he can kind of slide into that cornerback number two role because I think while he is super talented I think he is a better cornerback two than a quarterback one so there's the hot tea for the episode I guess the Trayvon Diggs take um but yeah I I mean free agency has not been super excited it actually it has been exciting for all the wrong reasons if you're a Cowboys fan but Overall, there hasn't been much of a splash when it comes to bringing in um, players, which is usually not the case when it comes to the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I think that I completely agree with that. And when I was happy that they brought back Doran Armstrong, he was a 2018 draft pick from Kansas that Dallas picked in the fourth round. And he never really got to play all that often and then this year due to injuries with D-Law and Randy I think he was out for a game or two this allowed Dorrance to play some more and I I think that it was great for him to be able to play I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with hopefully a full offseason as being that starter and then also with Dante Fowler Jr. who Hasn't really been all that great recently, but he is back with his high school and coach, Dan Quinn. And hopefully, if anyone knows how to bring the best out of Dante, it will be Dan Quinn. So I'm looking forward to that. And then they did bring back a few of their linebackers. They brought back Luke Gifford, who from a few years ago, I was looking forward to him playing. But he's primarily been a special teams guy, but hopefully he can slide into a more conventional linebacker role. And then just some of the other notable signings, you had um, Leighton Van Der Esch get a, get a one-year contract, which I was very happy with because he didn't really tell that great, but he did have a good game against the against the 49ers in the playoff game, and hopefully he can build off of that. And I'm also happy because he was eligible for a fifth-year option this year, but, but it was declined, and they brought him back for a much cheaper set deal, which I was a fan of. You also had their long snapper being resigned, who is probably, I don't even know what to say about that. What but about their look, punter? Hopefully they can bring him back. And then also <laughs> you had Lyle Collins getting cut, which I wasn't really, I mean, I i was more happy about them getting rid of him because he was going to cost a lot of money. But also I think that Terrence Steele, showed you enough that that they that that he can play right tackle for a good amount of years and honestly if they think he's the right tackle they should just pay him now because it's gonna be a lot cheaper and if he does have a great year next year I'm sure someone else like the Bengals will want to pick him up or something like that
0: yeah and I think and I think at this point also this is the time to emphasize offensive linemen in the draft, especially with Zach Martin getting up there in years, Tyron Smith being a grandpa left tackle now in the NFL. So I think it is time for the Cowboys to rebuild that offensive line. And I think while Terrence Steele did show flashes of being a solid right tackle, there's still those images from the year before when he had the fill-in that still haunt me to this day as a Cowboys fan. So I think that it would not be a horrible idea to invest a pick in a right tackle as soon as possible in the draft, as well as even a left tackle. But I want to get something really quickly in regarding Amari Cooper, um, re-untie the bow and just say one more quick thing. Um, Amari Cooper, I'm going to say this again, because I feel like I I specifically have not said this enough. He he when he did come in, he was a huge upgrade for the Cowboys, that wide receiver, because at that point they had a, a NFL receiver in Des Bryant, who was a very one dimensional, one trick guy at that point. He was a very he was a possessional receiver that went up and and caught footballs. So he wasn't a great route runner, didn't have this. He was never really fast, but he, he wasn't as fast as he once was with his injuries. And I think at that stage of Dak Prescott's career being young, he was not in that stage of his career where I guess he was comfortable with force feeding the football. He didn't have that rapport with Des Bryant that he would have if he were um, Tony Romo, who was when Des Bryant came along four or five years into the league, was a confident quarterback, was okay with Um, spreading the ball to specific guys, had already played with Terrell Owens, so he had that experience playing with the hot head at receiver. So I think it was a huge plus to bring in a guy like Amari Cooper, who was very level-headed, didn't say very much, was very content with what he got, whether that being positive, where I think that ended up being turned out to be a little bit negative moving on um, towards this, especially this year. But at that point, it was a huge upgrade because it brought a guy who, was, like Owen said, great route runner, um, had the speed, very talented, and it really boosted the Cowboys' offense. But going into this year, Dak Prescott is a much different quarterback than he was in 2017 and 2018, where he is much more of a veteran. He's got his paycheck. He's a made guy, um, not necessarily by like titles and rewards but just a made guy and that he has the experience in the NFL. So this was overall like I said a good move for both sides um cuz it it just kind of takes a lot of pressure off the Cowboys offense to get the ball to their number 1 wide receiver who they are paying number 1 wide receiver money and then the Cleveland Browns get a guy who's very talented still 20 only 28 29 years old and to pair with the uh, their incoming quarterback so that's my final last thoughts on amari cooper
1: yeah it was uh it was definitely interesting interesting
0: departure i think i think dallas
1: their front office i think the worst thing you can do is when 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 cut season comes you say okay i want to trade this person but if no one no one wants them we're going to cut them and you see with Baker Mayfield and even Matt Ryan, they said, we just want to trade him. They never mentioned cutting him because cutting him is stupid. But Dallas with Lyle, with Amari, and the only, Dallas, I'm sure they could have traded Amari for much more, but they wanted a team to take on all of his $22 million, which, which the Browns were willing to do. And that's the only reason why he went for that for that amount of money. But um, yeah, it was... I think that Dallas never really gets involved in the first week of free agency. They have the second most amount of money, but apparently the only bowl that Dallas wants to win is the Cap Bowl because they don't really have any interest in signing guys like Bobby Wagner or any other unless they think that Bobby Wagner his athleticism is so bad that he's he's not valuable
0: I think I think the Cowboys were to sign Bobby Wagner in the next five minutes. I would be ecstatic considering yeah. who Bobby Wagner is as a player. And he would be the same – he he would be basically the same kind of guy as a Von Miller except for he is a captain. He's like – he's served in a role as a captain of the defense playing middle linebacker. And it would take so much pressure off Micah Parsons to just do what he does best and, catch, and chase the football.
1: So yeah, exactly.
0: I would be ecstatic if they signed Bobby Wagner. Unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys, being the team that they are, will not end up doing that.
1: Yeah, and same thing with Zadarius Smith, who was an outside linebacker. P- he's, people wanted them to sign him, but then he went, then he signed him with the Ravens. And then when he backed out, it was okay, Dallas and Minnesota, but then he's now a part of the Vikings. But I think that Dallas has, has gotten pretty good in the second wave of free agency. And hopefully, when, when cut days starts coming in the future and the draft, Dallas their philosophy is we're going to draft players and we're going to retain those players, which is why they always in free agency always want to bring back guys they've drafted and you can think it's a bad move or what, but I think that right now, the team that this is on Tuesday, March 22nd and the team this is on May 1st are going to be two very different teams, whether that is, because Dallas, they they could, they could draft the center, they could draft an they can draft the guard, they could draft the linebacker, they could draft the defensive tackle, they could draft us, they could draft anything, basically Any, anything on the table besides quarterback, which I'm sure Ray would be like, well, we could really use Kenny Pickett or something like that,
0: but <laughs> no, Owen knows my stance. We are we are in we are on the clock for Arch Manning in the next three course, four years.
1: Of of course, of course. So hopefully, Dallas, I think that. Something that will always haunt me is the Taco Charlton pick, because they thought that 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 his intent not not intangible but his measurables at the combine were much better than T.J. Watt, but the best player was Watt. But they didn't think that that he fit their system, and now you have a guy who just tied the the sack record and Taco, who is probably may never play football again. Hopefully he does. He she had a flash or two somewhere. But the past two drafts, they've, they've drafted for best player available. When well, you get CeeDee Lamb dro- dro- um, dropping to 17, I think. And then you have Michael Parsons, who do do some college accusations, dropped in the draft a little bit. And thankfully, hopefully, all that stuff is behind them and that that's just the way that it works dallas will always get better in the draft you'll the last time they signed a big guy was brandon carr i believe a few that was like six or seven years ago where they Mm -hmm. signed him like to a five-year deal or something like that and i'm sure if i was coherent at that age and a coherent dallas fan i would be like oh i I, we we, we should continue to do this for a while but that's not something they want to do and one thing that i i have speculated upon and i saw and ray i want to get your take on this and then we can move on to grades is zeke you can cut him after this season dlaw you can cut him after this season mike mccarthy this is his last season of being um of his contra- on, on his con- he's like on a contract year Imagine this. Next year, you go into it. You keep Dan Quinn. Maybe get a new offensive coordinator. Maybe you keep Kellen Moore. You get rid of Mike McCarthy. You bring in Sean Payton. You have like $80 million in cap space due to D-Law being out, Zeke being out. And I don't know if that's going to happen, but that that could be something they want to do. Um, Jerry... Wanted Sean Payton. I thought it was pretty funny. Sean Payton was supposed to come to Dallas, but Anthony Davis was traded, and they didn't want two bad things to happen in New Orleans in the same in the same off season. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens due to Mike McCarthy, because this is probably the first time ever that you've seen a, court, a, a coach coming off a twelve and five season on the hot seat. And I saw a report where for the first time in his this is going to be his third draft. Yeah, the, th- the first time in yeah, this is the first time that Mike McCarthy is going to take an active lead or an active role in the draft. And I think that's great. If if you're a coach and if this is the last and this is the last time you're going to wear a Dallas hat, at least go at least go draft guys that you want. So, I would put yourself in the best position to your family for the next few seasons, so that that's the way that I look at it. Um, but I'm sure Ray has a lot to, has a lot to say.
0: Yeah, um, I'm gonna give the very concise version so we can just get to move on. But oh, um, Owen knows my opinion on Mike McCarthy. I think every day that he is still the Cowboys head coach is far too long. I thought he should have been fired two months ago. But yeah, I could totally, I would be totally, totally okay with the Cowboys cutting Demarcus Lawrence and Ezekiel Elliott next year and bringing in Sean Payton. Because I feel like with Sean Payton as the head coach, the Cowboys would make that splash in free agency with the $80 million of free cap space. Because I feel like um, Sean Payton is going to be that coach who is going to keep the owner at an arm's length and is going to want to do the things that he wants to do as the head coach. And I think that's where the Cowboys have suffered for the last 25 oddish years. Not 25. Um, Suffered for um, 16. The last 16 years since Bill Parcells ended up resigning and leaving. um, They've had coaches who've just been – just guys who have just done the owner's bidding and not necessarily – I don't want to say thought for themselves, but in some instances it did seem like that it would they were speaking as if Jerry were speaking. So I think if if Sean Payton were to end up becoming the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys, I think you'd see a very different style off season for the Cowboys. You'd see a lot a very different style of play from the Cowboys. And you might even see more wins. Um who knows? But I would not be I would not hate that scenario of seeing Ezekiel Elliott not on the team anymore, DeMarcus Lloyd's not on the team anymore, and Mike McCarthy for sure not being the leader of the team anymore, and seeing uh, Sean Payton as the head coach.
1: Only issue that I have with Sean Payton is that the Saints have been in cap hell for the past few seasons. And I think the most laughable signing was when they gave Hill like a very, very close to quarterback money. And Dallas was in a very bad cap space when when Tony Roma retired and even before that. And I think that this is the first time where Dallas is above above by a lot. And I, th- I think that it's good. And I am very happy with the position of CAP and hopefully they use it because if, if you don't if you don't use it, then why have it? But I, I'm it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few days. But Ray, I am very, very interested to see what what grades by by position you have. And maybe if you want maybe offensive line, you can go in a specific guys. But the the leader of the team in Mr. Rain Dakota Prescott, I I would love to hear what you have to say about the man and just like a few minutes about what you think is great is on a level of A to A to F, maybe some minuses, maybe some pluses. I don't know. And then after this, maybe, maybe we can maybe we can figure out what our Cowboys GPA is.
0: A Cowboys GPA. Oh, oh, lord. Um, yeah. So starting off with the quarterback, um, Dak Prescott. He started off very hot last season. Played very well in a loss to Tampa Bay. Played very well in a win against the Chargers. Played well against the, the Patriots. Um, played well against games against the Eagles and Giants that happened early on. And after the quote-unquote calf injury that he suffered where it caused him to miss one game, Dak Prescott was very inconsistent. He wasn't very good. The defense carried the Cowboys to a lot of victories against the Mike Glennons of the world the Jalen Hurtses of the world um, and uh, some other, the Taylor Heineke's of the world and slash Kyle Allen's um, where even against the Washington football team. Now the commanders, the first time Dak Prescott's pick six let the, the Washington football team back into the football game. And ultimately it was a fumble by Kyle Allen that ended the Washington's hopes of coming back. But what I what noticed later on in the season, when the Cowboys like this, is a routine, common theme in the Dak Prescott era. When the Cowboys played against the solid football teams, the the um the Denver Bron- Broncos, who are not necessarily not necessarily a solid football team, but at that point they were mediocre in the playoff hunt. You they they lost against the Kansas City Chiefs. They lost against the Raiders who made the playoffs. They lost. And really, they kind of went on to a downward um, spiral all the way throughout the end of the season. Face the Cardinals, ended up losing. So, and and of course, the San Francisco game where um, they didn't win. So, overall for the season, especially coming off a big contract year where Jerry Jones basically said, all right, screw it, you're the quarterback, I overpaid for you, get it done. I'm going to give Dak Prescott overall for the season, even though they went 12-4, and but losing in the first round, I'm going to give him a C-plus for the year.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I definitely think the calf strain and the coming off of the foot injury, and then you had a shoulder, and then ended up getting surgery on his shoulder. I think that that Dak is, uh, he's, he's, a bit, of a, uh, a bit of an off-season ahead of him to try to get healthy, and I'm sure that Dak, being the natural-born leader he is, that he'll come back next year and be as good as we've seen him, given that I'm sure, hopefully he has his Twitter mentions off, but I'm sure that people are saying that without Amari, he's going to be nothing, and he even said that he's very happy I mean, have- I mean
0: i mean i would love to talk to those people cuz even with amari um actually i'm not going to say that i'm going to flip that um amari being the inconsistent player that he was i don't think it was it's nec- dak was necessarily hurt or he was necessarily worse um wasn't necessarily worse off with amari as he was without amari so the the trolls online need to kind of look at the receiver more than the quarterback, even though I do have my issues with Mr. Um, Dak Prescott. But I will defend him in that regard just to get a little bit of a cheap shot at Amari Cooper one last time. But, yeah, I do think I do think um, Dak Prescott is a B-ranged quarterback. So I definitely think that there's room to bounce back, especially next year with the schedule being a lot less – Um, excessive in some areas, play a lot of chopped liver teams, um, especially the Jaguars and the Jets. So um, definitely think that Dak Prescott could end up improving his um, grade to a, to a B or even a B plus next year.
1: Yeah. I I'm going to have him as a B minus just, just based off of the fact that even, even though that even though things went bad, Dak, he'll, he'll too often. Tony Romo would would kind of lose you games on interceptions, but I'm sure Ray could tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think Dak. No, could. no, no.
0: You're ab- you're absolutely. Uh, Tony Romo did cost the Cowboys, um, more than ten games in his career by throwing an interception. However, he was also responsible for a lot of heroics because yes. of his because of his ability. And um I guess no conscience to try and make makes make plays happen. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that um that is kind of what separates the two quarterbacks. Dak Prescott's not gonna try something that is yeah. anywhere near um regarded sketchy, but that's also but that's not gonna win you a lot of football games if you're not gonna if you don't have the Confidence to try something that's not the easiest. So that's yeah. where, that's why he's in that C plus range. Cause there were many times during the season where if Dak made one play, then the Cowboys would have won those specific games. So 100%. Yeah. And I, I, I just,
1: I don't think you'll ever see Dak make a Kyler Murray kind of play in the playoffs where he just throws the ball up for a pick six.
0: Absolutely not. No. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll, he'll, I'll, he'll, however, he'll take a sack or he'll fumble. maybe, maybe, however, maybe it'll be a maybe it'll be a fumble. However, ground. if
0: he did make that play, Owen would have to retire because he would not be able to handle me.
1: Of course not. <laughs> so we can move on to, to Zeke Zeke who had a torn knee for half the year and still got a thousand yards. Uh, Zeke, I love you, buddy. I think it's time for. Tony Pollard to kind of take over the reins of the offense. So I'll give him a C. I'll give him a C. I would give him a C minus, but I'll give him a C based off playing on a torn knee.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to do both running backs really quickly. Um, Zeke, I he didn't really change any game this year based on his play. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to give him a C. And then Tony Pollard, I'm going to give him an a minus because whenever he was in the game, the pace of the offense just completely shifted yep. and it was always a p- positive thing when he came into the game so um, Tony Pollard deserves the the a the 3.65 um, <laughs> addition to the GPA or um, to his GPA for this this last yes. season so yes he does way to go Tony Pollard.
1: The uh, offensive line, I'm going to give a D, maybe even a D minus. I feel like they started off really well. But w- whatever it was, if it was Dak, his internal clock being slower. But I felt like even Zach Martin was getting beat. And there there were a few times where I was like, oh, no, Dak, Dak, cover your ankles, buddy. He, something may happen. I was very, very worried. Um... And I think that there's a lot of improvement and hopefully that improvement comes in the draft a hundred percent. Cause I don't think that you can roll out with that same squad. Um, and Dallas earlier, the reason why they're so good was because they made the unattractive picks of getting Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and i'm sure there were were more flashy wide receivers out there that could have been picked but that's the reason why they're here in this position and i feel like dak like dallas needs to take another premium pick at an offensive lineman and they get a d
0: yeah um i'm not going to be anywhere near as harsh as you cuz i feel like the the offensive line that deserves a d would be the cincinnati bengals offensive line allowing joe burrow to be sacked a league high Um, a league high. So I'm going to give the Dallas offensive line a B minus because ultimately I feel like that they, Dak Prescott was never in a situation where he was getting absolutely blasted. I didn't see him take a a, a hit that was, you know, like a really bad hit all year. Um, But I do, the reason why they're getting a a, um, B minus though is that the run game was pretty much non-existent the second half of the year, and I think that's where they need to uh, address: is they need to get some guys in there to appraise those older guys to kind of boost that that running attack. Because I think the Cowboys are a lot better when they are a run first team than they are a pass first team, and we've seen that throughout Dak Prescott's career, where he is a much better quarterback when they are running the football effectively, and and not that's not just him, any quarterback. Is a lot better when they run the football effectively. So that's why the the offensive line for me is getting a, a getting a B minus. Uh,
1: tight end, I'll just I'll just do all of the pass catchers. Um, I feel like t- tight ends they deserve better grades. So they they the tight ends had a much better year than the wide receivers did. Just based off injuries, injuries in itself was was horrendous. And Amari with, uh, with with, with COVID. And Gallup being injured, C D with some drops. The so wide receivers get a C plus. May may maybe closer to a C, and then the tight ends get a B plus.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna give the wide receiver group as a whole a B, because um you had guys like Cedric Wilson stepping up and making huge plays against the Patriots early on in the year. Um C D Lamb showed flashes, but like you said, did suffer from drops. And also, Michael Gallup being hurt, he made some some pretty big plays while he was on the field. And Mari Cooper even had some splashes this um, last year, but ultimately was inconsistent. So I'm gonna give the wide receiver group a B, and then the tight end group I'm gonna give an A because um, Dalton Schultz once again proved what I said last offseason that he is the better tight end of the two, and that's what the Cowboys ended up doing. Um, they kept um, Dalton Schultz, and um, Blake Jarlins no longer on the team.
1: And that is only because he may have play football again. Dude was hip,
0: right? Yeah. Right. But with that, regardless, I uh, hope he actually does play football again. Yeah, but regardless, yeah. Dalton Schultz is was the better all around tight end because he he had a lot of um, he he blocked well when he had to last season, and he also became Dak's like number one trustworthy guy in the passing game, um, being his security blanket. So I, the tight end group gets an A. So, moving on to everyone's favorite side of the ball. Actually, let's just do kicker real quick. I'm going to give Greg Zerline a D because I just feel like it. Because he missed, <laughs> missed kicks early on in the year, but he also did make a few game-winning kicks. So, I'm going to end up giving him a and D. And
1: the punter gets an A+++++. Exactly. And talking about... Um, the
0: punter is going to get the best grade on the team.
1: Speaking about punter, Brian Anger has been re-signed. A three year deal. Yeah, I can, oh, I'm a happy, happy man.
0: Let's go. You know, you know we're down bad when the happiest we've yep, been all the punter is it's when the punter gets resigned. <laughs> but That's yeah, awesome. What a, this is a this is a fabulous, fabulous is, news report. I'm in, in a life.
1: much better mood now about this
0: team. And we Switch. never get and we never get positive news during exactly. the year. So this is this is a this is a great, fabulous day. And, Speaking
1: about it. tight ends in the draft, the the Texas the Texas A and M tight end who I thought would be like would, would be like a first would be like a second round pick, he ran a five point oh three forty, so he will be undrafted now. So maybe maybe Dallas can pick him up, but but running running a four oh three sorry a five oh three at a tight end is
0: awful. That's Tom Brady central, except for he ran like a six flag. But anyway, um let's do let's go from the secondary down. So let's start at safety. Um I like I, I thought the safeties were very were very good. I'm gonna give the safeties a B plus um for that position. And the reason why they're not getting an A is because I don't feel like they made a ton of flashy plays last year. Um most of the flashy plays came from the linebackers. And the corners. I think the safeties were just there. They did their job well. Didn't make a lot of huge mistakes. So um, I'm just giving them a B plus And there's room for improvement. Bringing in the back those same guys and maybe picking someone up in the draft. So they're going to get just like a B plus. Very solid grade for the safety unit.
1: I'm going to give. I'm going to give them an. Um... I'm going to give them an a minus and half of that a- the, the minus goes to the front office for bringing in so many safety this offseason. But Curse had a career year. He was the captain of the defense and Malik Hooker had a really good year too. And I know that Ray was was very excited about that about that draft. About sorry, about that signing and he's going to be a year and a half closer to two years removed from that Achilles injury. So, who knows? He may even have a better year next year. But I'm looking forward to it. So I'll give him an A minus.
0: Yeah. Um. Cornerbacks. See, this is this is a very this is our second controversial topic of the day. Talking cor- the cornerback grades because there's really I can go either way with this with this grade. Um. Trayvon Diggs having a phenomenal year. If you look at it from interceptions but also a pretty pedestrian year when you look at it from all around coverage. And then you have you have Anthony Brown who who played solid some instances and horrible and and horrible in other instances. You have Jordan Lewis who was just kind of there. And um and and then you um I'm blanking on the the, the rookie. Calvin um, Joseph, Calvin Joseph Calvin who, missed, much. who missed a lot of time and then played a little bit later on in the year. So ultimately, I'm gonna give I'm gonna the cornerback group a B. Um, they they were a lot of interceptions, but ultimately um, they made they there were a lot of mistakes that were made in the secondary this year that were made that that happened because of the second the cornerbacks. And I think with this um, draft coming up, if they were to like I said earlier, if they were to get if they were to get another solid um, young cornerback to to add on to that group. Um, it would be. It would make huge wonders. It would allow Trayvon Diggs to play the two and have someone else play at the one, who's more of a conventional coverage corner. So I'm gonna just stick with the B and um, say good job. And there's a lot of room for improvement for the for the cornerbacks.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go B two. I I think that I kind of feel the opposite about like Trayvon Diggs and his yards. He's only been playing corner for three years. Most people in their third year of playing corner are in middle school or high school, so I Traylon has better pans than some wide receivers, and sure he's gonna bite. But this will be his second full off season due to his first off season with COVID, and I don't really think that we're gonna see him be locked down or close to that until one off season from now, so his fourth year. Or maybe even his fifth year. Who knows? But I do think that that it's going to take him some time. I think he's going to be much better now, and it'll be interesting. Kelvin Joseph, I'm looking forward to. Anthony Brown had a career year; he was much better, and Jordan Lewis had a really good year too. So, I, I much much more room for improvement. But was for the first time, as for being a Cowboys fan, I was looking forward to them being on defense.
0: Yeah, which is always a positive. Yes. And um now moving on to the um I think the best core group on the team, the linebacking core. Um, Micah Parsons was a godsend for the Cowboys defense. <laughs> he changed everything that they that they are usually known for, turned into a very scrappy, aggressive defense, making plays everywhere, um, tackling behind the line scrimmage, getting a boatload of sacks. So, and then also you just had the other guys playing well. Lane Venderesh stepped in and played well, and he had to. Um, Jabriel Cox before he got injured. Oh well. yes, look like, so played, I'm
1: looking forward to him coming back. Play,
0: played well when he was on the field, and just and even and um, the other the other Achilles um, one of the Achilles Bros. Keanu Deal had a had a really solid season. Uh, completely. Proved me wrong when I when um, when he was signed. So um, I'm really really pumped up for this group, and I'm gonna I'm gonna walk out and just give them an A plus tying the uh, the punter. Yeah, uh,
1: Keanu Neal. I don't really think he played all that great. He definitely had some times. Okay, like this guy this guy can play well, but I don't really think he had a good feel for linebacker, and he wants to go back to be a safety. So who know really knows what's gonna happen there? But now we have the defensive line.
0: Oh, what's your grade for the for the linebacker? Oh line, a.
1: linebacker A plus. Well, my, Micah gets an A plus. Micah and Jabril Micah, Jabril, and half of Leighton Vanderesch get an A plus. Keanu a Neal can not get re signed, and the other half of Leighton Vanderesch is a C. But Leighton Vanderesh is one of my only cowboys jerseys, and I feel like I've ruined his career. So hmm. he he gets an A.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. So now, defensive, line. The defensive
1: line, which is a very, very difficult thing to grade.
0: Well, see, I think the Cowboys' defensive line, when it in regards to run to run stoppage, was very high because they 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 did do a, a very good job of stopping the run uh, this season, and. I that's that's been their strong strong suits the last couple of years. Um it, and not necessarily um rushing the passer. However, the due to Micah Parsons coming off the edge, they they rushed the passer a lot better. They got a lot more sacks, they were forcing third and longs a lot more, which helped their defensive a lot. So and that's one of the reasons why I'm gonna give the defensive line a um a B plus. Is because in well in past years the Dallas Cowboys defense really suffered in in uh in the secondary because they they were not forcing a lot of third and longs. But this this defensive line group really um, flipped that on its head this last year, and they were in a lot better positions on defense because they they were getting those pass rush and getting those um tackles behind the line of scrimmage.
1: Yeah, Dev, I I think D. law coming back. From his broken foot, really helped this defense and elevated it and became a lot better. I just I'm looking forward to defense tackles played well. I forget his name, the guy from OU that we drafted two years ago is a solid player. It's been a long day for I forget his name, but yeah, I I think that that this team had a lot of wins, but they left a lot out on the field, and it'll be interesting to see how they how they come back from from this going into next year
0: hold on i'm I'm gathering the the team neville gallimore
1: that yeah uh, that, that is his that is his
0: name i'm grabbing the team grade for the oh, thank you year. thank you uh so by all means keep keep talking
1: <laughs> but yeah i i think that the, who really knows what's gonna happen? There's a lot of uncertainties, but I don't. I don't think that it's fair to judge this team until after the draft, because as of recently, Dallas has on um, has gotten better a majority of the time through the draft. So I I, I I won't make any comments until after the draft. But Dallas does need to have a good draft for things to happen. If they don't have a good draft, then I think that they're looking at second or third in the division. Because I think Philly having three first-round picks and is really going to ruin some things.
0: All right, are you ready for the team GPA? Of course. The Dallas Cowboys football team generated a GPA of three point one three. Wow, over a three. So they are over a B average, even with the D from um the the kicker.
1: Okay, that's good. That's very good. Good job, good job, Dallas. You do very well at Baylor.
0: Yeah, and I mean, when you're playing the NFC six times six <laughs> times a year, that's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah,
0: but yeah,
1: we covered a lot in this episode, and we back the next. The next thing we want to tackle is draft. With that happening. In like 32 days, and it is my, my personal favorite part of the offseason. I feel like every single year it gets it, the, the time frame gets shorter and shorter and shorter. But definitely look to at our Twitter, which is at America's Team Capital P Capital C. I'm sure Ray will have a lot to say, and I will have a lot to say as well regarding everything. And just thank you for all your support. It's crazy that we're 30 episodes in and we're only going to get better from here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be looking out for that next episode where I will be tackling on the, the Cowboys court or not the Cowboys, the um, incoming QB prospects and Owen will be breaking down everything else. <laughs> so we'll um, we're looking forward to that. Um, likewise, what Owen said about our Twitter uh, Twitter, especially with the off season ramping up, getting towards the draft. There's a lot of, room um to to talk some football talk some cowboys football talk some um nfl football and i guess college college football with the prospects so be looking out for that and um our instagram is all about america's team just by itself and thanks for watching it's been a long episode uh thanks for taking a lot of your time to (laughs) to to spend it with us and we will see you very very soon
1: yeah go cowboys
0: go cowboys